a dad. Four seventy-five. What? Four seventy-five. No, no, no. It's time for Dad's attic. <laughs> Talking about them good old days. Songs, movies, radio plays. Conjuring up the old time ways in Dad's attic. Hello there. <laughs> Willa. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful world. Wonderful world. People don't say that enough anymore. No. They did for a while, I'm sure, back in they, around 19... meaning dad. <laughs> I'm talking about people back in probably around 1935, you really think they did? 36. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing yeah. on the Lum and Abner show back in the mid-30s where this, this charlatan came to town and had everybody thinking that he was this very benevolent, uh, very, very holy, sacred kind of a guy. And he had everybody going around trying to do good deeds, trying to be honest to a fault, <laughs> um, and going around saying, wonderful world, you know, positive attitude. And, and everybody was saying it to each other. And then they found out that he was a crook and, and he got run out of town. But, oops, spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, I think people back then did that. I, I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't yeah. there, and I can't say for sure, but I think people probably yeah. went around saying that for a while. You got to wonder which catchphrases from old radio yeah. got really got some traction. You know, I bet a lot of them yeah. did. They're just you can just kind yeah. of tell. It just it was a, a and thing. imagine this. You know how people get burned out with these with kids today doing this dance and that little song or whatever imagine people back then oh these young kids with their wonderful world <laughs> i don't know if kids influenced things much back then i don't think I don't they know. did and those were these were middle-aged people saying it <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the kids had much of a voice maybe yeah well, that, was, that, was a, that was the like thing that came after kids world war that, that um that lone ranger theme song oh <laughs> we always got so annoyed with that and <laughs> well, oh. I'll bet people did that, and I don't know for sure, but I think that wasn't just the kids and, mm. and teenagers. That yeah, came yeah. later. They, the teenagers seem to drive all the trends yeah, and, and yeah. things today. But yeah, I don't know, Dad. I have a feeling that you might be a little wrong about that. These middle-aged people going around with catchphrases. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that younger people probably had... Some kind of influence. Uh, I'm just saying kids didn't have much of a voice back then. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't. And was that was a thing in the 50s, I think, when teenagers Finally all of a, a sudden well, rebelled that was the, and had the, a voice. The, na the name was even coined at that time, right? Probably. Teenager. Yeah. In the days of the old department stores, I know this from my research, they didn't have a lot. They didn't have big toy departments. Mm. They didn't have toys were there in the, at Christmas time. You know, pretty much they had a, a rather large mm. toy department, but <coughs> they didn't have a lot of children's clothing. Mostly it was made mm. at home. The, the typically the the mother wow. sewed the the clothes for the kids. Um, there wasn't a lot for kids in those stores back huh. in those early days. Yeah, that's interesting. Kids didn't have much. Well. They were supposed to be seen and not heard and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
I mean, I'm there gonna, were there I'm were a lot of give this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, I'm off the topic we're supposed to be on. So. Right. So, um, we got to start off with our what's new that's old. Yeah. What's new that's old for what you? What is new that's old? Well, last night I put myself to sleep by listening to the one and only Jack Benny, which was. I'm learning is not the best idea because usually I just sit there laughing to myself. You don't go to late sleep late into the night, yeah. And something something dawned on me last night while I was listening to it. I don't remember <laughs> which episode it even was, but I thought, how did I not realize this earlier? That there's some episode where he's at the train station, Jack, and he's got that. There's that. Hey, bud. Come here a minute. That guy comes along. And somebody, Sheldon Leonard. Somebody like Phil or Don Wilson or somebody says, oh, isn't that that track guy again, Jack? He kind of comments. And it's like, think about this. Jack <laughs> Benny lives in Los Angeles, California. And I know that, it, I mean, come on. How is he running into this guy consistently? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, I just thought that was so funny. I have a worse example uh, for you, or okay. a better, depending on what your perspective is. But there, you're right about that. He would run into that racetrack tout all the time. Yeah. And in, in all sorts of places, not the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the guy would recognize him from time to time. It's like, how? Yeah. <laughs> that was just fun. <laughs> I know. I think, here's what I think when I would think about those old radio shows. If you were there in the audience, and sometimes you can see, you can hear evidence of this on the old shows, but if you're in the audience, there they are on the stage. There's Jack Benny. There's Don Wilson. There's Mary Livingston. There's Rochester. There's about, eh, usually there'll be three microphones up there mm. for that show. Some shows had just one, and people would take turns going up to the microphone and reading their lines. But on that show, they had several microphones. The quartet had to have one, you know. They're all over, and they had the band behind them. Then the whole orchestra mm. was there. It was a big, a thing to see for yeah. the people in the audience. It must have been a lot of fun to see it, and you could tell. All of a sudden, here comes like Frank Nelson would get up out of his chair and walk to one of the microphones. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you would hear people giggling a little bit before yeah. the lines were even read. You knew somebody was stepping forward yeah. who was a favorite. And, yep. And people were anticipating the, the yeah. funny lines. Yeah. Sometimes I there are moments where I don't even think you could know what the laugh was about because it was some visual thing. Yeah. And often uh, it would be because Jack Benny's laughing his head off yeah. silently, and everybody yeah. can see that he's just cracked up, uh. and, he, and he would do that from time to time. The what I was going to say though to offset your talk about yeah. the, the tout was Frank Nelson. He was everywhere. <laughs> And he was always like the he was the doctor. Yeah. Doctor Nelson will see you oh. now, and it was like Hello, yes, and all yeah. that. Um, you know, the next yeah. time around, he's he's a clerk in the at the drugstore serving up a sandwich <laughs> or whatever. Then he was somebody else. He was it's like always the same guy though. Like yeah. The same. The same. Was he? Oh, that's a good question. And Benny was would say, well, I always same... run into you. you know? Yeah. Was he the same guy? Or like, was it supposed to be the same character or the sa a similar personality with different... I don't think anybody don't really <laughs> figured it out. Nobody cared. It doesn't matter. That's the same thing with this racetrack tout guy. <laughs> yeah. the, you know, part of the joke is like, well, obviously they're not going to run into this, the same guy over and over and over and have a conversation each time, you know? But it's just funny. It's so... Uh, yeah. I just, I just and one of the so famous funny. lines was with Frank Nelson when Jack Benny gets <laughs> rattled when he sees him and says, I keep running into you. Do you enjoy antagonizing me? 
do I? And he does that <laughs> that familiar voice. Oh man. Oh man. I think that you know this is kind of. I hope this is still on topic, but um, I think that Frank Nelson's face matches his voice ah. in my mind. When I saw his face for the first time, I thought, "Yep, that makes sense." Ah. But other ones, oh, I know I've told this to you before. I'm sorry, but Phil Harris, when I saw him for the first time, I thought, "You, this is this guy who's like, ooh, hey, you're ladies, wrong." And, what? You're wrong. I like <laughs> Phil mean? Harris. I like him. Of course, I like well, him. Um... But he's got this like, ooh, he, you know, this like he's got this like. Very vain. Yeah. About, yes. Yes. And I, I just, know. I, when you think I, he's when not I worth. I saw him. I thought, well, <laughs> he's not your type. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. He's yours, huh? Oh. Hey. What? It's always hard when you have a radio voice, even today. Yeah. Your favorite sportscaster or favorite disc jockey in you know on some distant radio station when you see their yeah, face in the course. magazine or something it's like whoa yeah and i, I mean I'm, I'm not i don't mean to sound so vain that i would care at all but i just remember <laughs> as a as a young person well, sure. seeing that thing when you first saw he's yep. always talking about oh i've got the curly hair and I, I pictured someone way different well that was his character yeah and i have a friend who loved I hate to say this this it's really not nice of her but she loved um, the, the stories and the radio work of Garrison Keillor. Oh yeah. And then she said, she said to me once when she saw his face on, in a, she saw him on TV or in a mm-hmm. magazine or something. She said, "I didn't like him anymore. I couldn't listen to him anymore." Wow. It's like whoa. Geez. Well, I, I don't. That's like I think that's kind of the point, though. It's not it that just I shattered this image or yeah, something. I don't. Know, but was, it's not. It's not so much that the actual face of Phil Harris is is horribly ugly. But that's not what I mean. I know. It's like there's a just ugly a disconnect. is not the word we're talking about. No, it just, just doesn't fit. It's your a disconnect image. between your yeah. what you. That's the whole idea with radio. I remember being so sad um, when we when I was a kid and you listen we listened to the Cinnamon Bear every Christmas that Christmas special. Yes, and it would lead up in. Oh, I remember having such vivid imagery in my mind about what was happening because they. I mean, it was just like a mental storybook you know i could mm. i could close my eyes and we'd be in the dark and just imagine all this stuff happening <laughs> but then i remember being it was the same kind of thing the you had it on on cassette tapes and it was in a box set and i remember just glimpsing at the picture on the oh. front just of the bear the bear somebody Somebody's else's illustrated yep, version of it yeah somebody else's idea of what it was what it looked like and i got i was like Ugh, that is not yeah. at all what i had in my mind and i had to practice and work on getting back to my my mind try to know. rid your mind of that image yeah. that you saw yeah so I, well, I don't some people are good at it though there's some people are really kind of visually um dependent you know mm-hmm. and, and so I, I think you know i can get thrown by the look of somebody's like whoa i yeah. thought this guy would look like this yeah. he looks like that so what you know i go on but <laughs> some people can't it's, yeah. it's obviously this yeah this friend of mine couldn't I think it depends for me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It it just, I don't know. Especially with old radio, I think that's the whole point, is that you're not really supposed to know. You get to determine that. Yeah, I'm glad you're listening to those shows yeah, late at night. it's, it's fun. fun. <laughs> Even though you can't go to sleep. And then the problem is it never stops, because when I was a kid, I listened to all your old cassette tapes, and it would stop. <laughs> Last night at around 3.30 oh. in the morning, I hear, Lucky's taste better. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. Hey. 
that's not a good message to be getting when you're when you're trying to sleep right and the subliminal <laughs> steady message will make right. you want to start smoking. Anyway, now what's new with you? That's what's old. new with me? Roll time radio. I'm listening to some again, and it's it's um, uh, you know, I'm in kind of a dead spot where I'm not really actively listening to one particular show very much, the way I sometimes do. Mm. Over the years, I have. I've started at the very beginning and listened to every, yeah. in chronological order, every Gildersleeve show, every Jack Benny show, yeah. every Lum and Abner. And I like doing that. But right now I'm not doing that. I'm listening to a lot of um, Damon Runyon Theater, Ooh, which is fun. I like. I forgot about that. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a well done show. Mm -hmm. Some of them, I can't, I lose the thread sometimes. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're a little, not complicated. If but, you're not focused enough, then it can get... Yeah. Kind of spotty. There's always some problem and they're trying to get around it. And if you're not really, really, really paying attention, you might miss a spot mm -hmm. and you're kind of lost and it's like, what's going yeah, on? Right. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And the word the wording is a little bit more. You, you, you need to fo focus a little bit more. You a know? little bit, yeah. I think that they follow the, the real written word yeah. from Damon mm -hmm. Runyon's stories. And when was he writing? I think in the 30s. So the, the show was on in the 40s. You know, so so not like entirely, not so far off from the original, huh? Right. Okay. And it was all this, the stories were populated by all these uh, underworld. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Guys and Dolls was one yeah. of his, right? Guys and Dolls is what was made from yeah. his stories. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's fun. Because they'll have like today's one, the one I listened to today, I forget the name of the story, but I got a kick out of it because they these thugs are usually the ones who are featured in the stories. Mm -hmm. Some guy who bets on the horses a lot or some other guy who's in kind of in cahoots with the yeah. mob or whatever. And they're they're tough. Mm -hmm. So this this one man, he's overweight according to the story and this woman, this this very rich woman spots him and says, "I want you to be Santa Claus at this party <laughs> I'm giving tonight just because of his size." And he's like, what? I'm not doing that. You know? And she says, well, I'll give you $100. Oh, you know. then he wants to do it. So they, he gets this costume, and she says to him before the party, now, do you remember what you're supposed to do? And he said, oh, yeah, this real rough voice to this hoity-toity lady. <laughs> Something like, oh, yeah, I sit here and I say hi to all the kids, give them presents, and then, and then I get a, a C-spot. I collect a C-spot, you know. It's just it's for a hundred <laughs> instead of a hundred dollars. It just just these two cultures just clashing. You know, it's just funny. I don't know. Oh man, that, uh, I always got a kick of, out of how the they had those rough characters with those Brooklyn accents, but saying these <laughs> these grandiose words though yeah. too. I and never that. ever using a contraction. Contraction, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun show. I think it's good. Um, they they have a lot of familiar voices. Mm -hmm. I think the, the you know you'll recognize Alan Reed, mm -hmm. the voice of Fred Flintstone. He's in there yeah. a lot. They and that have, voice is great. Oh, there's a lot of yeah yeah, yeah a lot of hey, good familiar voices. So a little off of this topic, but similar because when you're talking about listening through whole entire bodies of work, do you feel do you find yourself, you know listening to certain things or um reading or watching or whatever in in seasons do you find that ha happening to you there are certain things that i don't listen to unless it's fall or mm. i don't 
it's like okay th- right now this is like old time radio season right now you know or i don't do that really no hmm. maybe i do but i don't think so i don't know take there note are... of it as you go because I, I guess i've noticed over my years there's like a okay this sometimes certain parts of the the year certain portions of the year are better for music for me and it's just a musical time or now i'm watching old movies and i remember when i was in high school doing that in my room i kind of it was natural but then i would kind of be like oh look at last week last month i was all i did was listen to records and then i kind of phased out of that now i'm only listening to old radio and it was kind of this pattern of different genres or something i don't know one thing that does happen to me that's kind of on this same wavelength yeah. i guess is when i'm listening to these shows from the beginning of the run to the end there, of course there's a kind of a you can kind of see the wave coming here we go they're 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 talking about autumn thanksgiving uh, jack yeah. benny's celebrating you know these the holidays and pretty soon it's christmas and mm-hmm. now i'll it might be i could be listening to this in yeah. the middle of march or it could be in the middle of august but it's christmas time on the <laughs> show and it's funny because yeah. I don't know they'll be they'll be even in the background they'll be playing a familiar Christmas carol while the characters mm-hmm. are talking and a feeling comes over me oh. it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what so you are kind of, kind of the opposite of me sounds yeah. like you do it no matter when what time of year it is you're evoking those feelings I yeah need I like to reiterate the feeling I'm having in the season with whatever media I'm taking in. Like I when guess. I was when I was out west, I was so regretful that I hadn't um, remembered to download any six shooter radio shows or Gunsmoke. I I was uh, like, oh, all I want to do is listen to those right now, and I don't <laughs> have any. Hey, I'm like that. Yeah. When I go to a place, I want that. Yeah. I want to have that. It could be a western if I'm in a western kind of place, walking mm-hmm. on a trail. I love the having those. Oh. Or if I'm in. Go to Waukegan and walk the streets of Waukegan <laughs> listening to Jack Benny. That's it. that's yep. really great. <laughs> every time, this is so silly, but every time I drive <laughs> to Chicago or somewhere south, I always, whenever I pass the Waukegan side, I always bump the top of my roof of my car and say, this one's for you, Jack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't funny. know. Nobody else. I don't know if anyone else does that. But, uh, it's fun to do that. I think yeah. it's just you know, the, the whole, you know, the re- when, when I listen to old-time radio shows, this happens to me a lot. I'll listen to them again two years later mm-hmm. often, or I'll, the same show will come around again five years after that. And I can sometimes remember where I was oh, when I heard it last wow. time. Wow, that's know? pretty amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's I, certain, I often am listening episodes. while I'm walking and I'm mm-hmm. on a hike. I'm in some far, faraway right, place. Yeah. I'll remember that. You know, yeah. So, yeah. I, I know what, what you're talking about with that. That doesn't happen with TV because mm. you're... You're sitting in TV. one spot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in my living room. <laughs> Last time I saw this rerun. Yeah. <laughs> I just came across a video that I forgot I took of you watching. Was that one again? The, oh, what? Darn it. That one you were obsessed with for months recently. The oh, car chase one or the, oh, the Highway Patrol. Highway Patrol. <laughs> I watched it. I took a just incognito video of you <laughs> cracking yourself up about that, <laughs> and I found it this morning. It was so funny. Oh. That show you were is crying. something. You were crying. You were saying, you can't even park the car. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a all, that was early TV before they really knew what to do, and I yeah. think people were satisfied with watching this mundane <laughs> stuff. But anything we, else that's that you've taken? Um, 
well, we've got other I've things got, to do. I, I uh, listened to, I told you that it was on that long car ride, and I was going to call you to see if oh, you yeah. had any assignments for me to try. Oh, yeah. But instead, I gave myself my own assignment, and I listened to the whole Are You Experienced album by Jimi Hendrix, oh. which I haven't really gone through completely uh-huh. before. Uh-huh. So I thought I'm gonna. I want to hear it this in its entirety. It was kind of fun. So you know more than I do about that. Hmm. I've heard it before. I have it. I think in my collection. I haven't heard it in years. And there are other albums of his that I know more hmm. thoroughly. I hmm. don't know that one. Yeah, I know some of the hits that were on it, but you enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was really. It was really nice. Um, yeah, it was interesting because certain songs I knew really well because I know when I was young. I think you gave me some kind of greatest hits ah. thing and it had a lot of those on there mm-hmm. but then others that i hadn't really that i wasn't as as familiar with and i don't know it was fun to hear the whole deal mm. and it was a nice nice scenery this nice fall scenery to go with it and yeah yeah it was good well you might remember that next time you yeah, hear yeah. that in five years you might hear one of those songs exactly. you'll think about that very trip yeah yeah um, it made me think a lot about i remember this is a silly thing, but I was thinking in the car about how when we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how we were all so annoyed that Jimmy had such a huge display oh. and and Buddy Holly had such a small one. I, don't know, I remember. Oh, I don't remember time, Jimmy was, being, the, being the culprit. I remember I remember not liking how small Buddy Holly's was, yeah. but there's a lot of people who had a bigger one than he did. He not Hendrix had Hendrix. a lot, yeah. and I think it was I think his family just really. Uh-huh. You know, gave a lot of a lot of things, and I just remember you commenting on how much he had, uh-huh. and I was so sad that Buddy didn't have enough. But <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that's my own personal thing, I guess. Maybe we could talk now. about the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a long time about all the, the people who got too many, too yeah. much, uh, too many accolades, and and other ones that never got included. Yeah, and like, some people on? who were included that are not really rock and roll. It's I like, agree. Why? I don't think it's a problem to not include somebody for a year in order to maintain uh, a sense of. Um, yeah, they do with know. like the baseball hall of fame. Really? They they, they, there are some, if you don't, if nobody's, nobody's worthy of it, yeah. then just skip it, you know, and then keep it, keep it kind of exclusive. So it's special. Yeah. Otherwise it's not really a hall of fame. It's just a kind of a hall of people, you know? Yep. And the, uh, I, they must, they must acknowledge that, it's not just for rock and roll, but I don't know why they call it the Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame. But I remember, like, I love Joan Baez, but Joan Baez is not rock and roll. Yeah. Why is she in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And there's a whole bunch of people like yeah. that. Yeah. And then there are other bands, you know, there are all kinds of bands that aren't in yet. Yeah. And, and single acts, too. Right. You know, it's like, why aren't they in there? What's yeah. going on? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, but this is a definitely a. Okay. We need to get back on some other topic here. Right? The one topic I've been on lately, just on my own, this is something that's new but old, is, and I don't even know if you know this name of this person, Hmm. Leonard Feather. Yeah. You don't know him? Yeah. He's fascinating to me. And I don't know, I don't think he's he's, um, remembered as being a great jazz musician, Mm -hmm. although he did write some really good songs and he performed. He was a piano player more than anything. But he, he mainly was a journalist who wrote books and wrote articles about jazz and about mm. music in general. And I just love when I find something written by him. And what started mm. me on this was the other day I picked up this old 
album that I have in my collection, and I hadn't heard it in a long time. Early Bones. They're talking about trombones. Hmm. And it was this mainly three trombone players who they feature on this double album. But all the liner notes are written by Leonard Feather. Huh. And when I read those, I just I like the way he, he writes. I like the way he what he includes when he writes these little biographies of these mm. people. And um, I had to go look up other albums I have with him. He wrote a lot of liner wow. notes to these albums. Lots. How did you find out which ones he had written? Just by looking through all your albums? Or did you find a resource that told you which ones he No, I just remember that I wow. had these albums. The first one I ever got... A long time ago, I was in a used record store in Milwaukee, and I found this double album called Singin' the Blues. And it's probably the most important album I ever stumbled on and bought <laughs> because it led me to so many people who have become important to me. Hmm. And the liner notes are by Leonard Feather. He wrote some of the songs that are in here, so he's got kind, wow. of, a, a, kind of a vested interest in Jeez. this thing. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Ella Fitzgerald is in here. Jack Teagarden, uh, Lee Wiley, and and there's you know all sorts of people are in this included in this record, and I love the record and listen to it until it's almost ground the needle is ground right through the vinyl, oh. but it's really good, hmm. and it led me to buy this book called the Encyclopedia of Jazz by Leonard Feather. Wow, it's a big hefty book yeah and it is very fun and what it makes my heart ache a little bit oh. and it still does when i read this because this was written around the middle of the 80s and he's got little biographies of all these different jazz musicians some of them were had passed away by then some of them were still alive and a lot of them who are still alive are famous people like miles davis and Blossom Deary mm -hmm. and Winton Kelly, still alive. All these people in, in this, this book. And what's cool about it is he has in here the biographies followed by their address. So if you want to, I guess if you want to write to them, or I don't know if you could probably go to some of them if you wanted. Some of these have to be just uh, like the agent or something. Yeah. yeah. I think with Miles Davis, they have an address in New York for him. But here, this is Wynton Kelly, for instance, who I like a lot. 586 Lincoln Place, Brooklyn, New York. You know, I don't know. Some of these people are, were not well-known anymore, and they weren't, they weren't <laughs> Imagine real that. That's wealthy. Kind of a... So there's their address. They're living somewhere in Arkansas. There they are. Here's their address. <laughs> Almost all these have an address wow. at the end. And I just fascinated. I wish, you know, just, it just, they're most of them, probably all of them now in this book have passed away. Yeah. Maybe not, I think. But it's just a fascinating mm. book to page through and, and to think, yeah, when this book was new, you could actually write yeah. to these people or maybe. That's even... such a dangerous thing to do, though. That's the battle that you have given me. You've gifted me that oh. problem and I've worked through it. This, Why is this... that dangerous? Oh. To be like, oh, if, if only I was, oh, you know, I remember thinking when I found out that Sinatra died in 1998, I thought, oh, had I only known about him then, I was alive when he was alive. And it's like, well, that's you were dumb. seven years exactly. old. Exactly. Yeah. What am I going to do? You know, it's, uh, it's kind of silly to, to sit there and think about, I mean, time is, time is hard. Time is a weird thing. So I guess I've learned to not be so... Um, sad about that kind of thing and 
more yeah you can be sad about that particular yeah. person not being here anymore but it could it might motivate you to try to contact the ones who are yeah still exactly here. that and you and i both have done that with success right. yes yeah. that also though i will say just thinking i remember th- thinking to myself speaking of sinatra for example i remember listening to many i mean i love i love listening to his stuff and there are moments when i think to myself this is amazing that he happened to do an art form that I can just put it on my in my car and drive anywhere and have him in my car with me. Mm-hmm. So instead of sitting here, oh, woe is me, he's not uh, here anymore with us physically. It's like, thank goodness that happened to be the thing this person chose to do. And you can just you just have a little piece of them mm-hmm. all the time, you know? That's pretty cool. It is. And I think you, you should... You should um think f- further about how you, there are still some people yeah. and to me it, it's a it's not so much that i'm a fan of theirs i would like to get their autograph or i would like to get a picture yeah. of them or i just think they these people many of the ones i'm thinking about many of them deserve yes continued yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the continued yeah. honor of having people yeah. write to them and you know and just say and i really admire you yeah, yeah that's just that's like i can think of a lot of moments that with you and I where we went out of our way to go and like meet these cool people, you know, <laughs> soupy sales and yes. Neil Innes and oh, yeah. the uh, Wally and the Beeve. Oh, sure. That was cool. I mean, we got a, a whole bunch of, of a different names. And yep. I think it, it, you're right. It goes both ways. Cause I mean, to be a performer or an actor, or whoever, someone like that, I, I would hope, or I would, I would think for most it's more fun when you've got an audience who likes you, and it's more fun to be an audience member when you've got somebody to like. Yeah. Right. I just think that it's it's something that we have to do. We have mm-hmm. to tell these people, "I remember you. Yeah. I've, I've always admired you. I'm glad you did what you did, or whatever." Yeah. I've done it many times, and nothing has come back. I don't know. Now Henry Aaron died. He was my childhood hero as a yeah. sports figure, and I wrote to him rather recently, hmm. and. Uh, Hope to hear from him back, but he, he didn't write me back. Yeah. But I hope he read my letter and I hope he took it to Ugh. heart, you know? What was that one? I think, oh, I'm going to screw this story up. So I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can remember it. But I, I remember, oh, I know what it is. Yes, I got it. <laughs> I remember hearing that Mike Myers wrote to George Harrison, hmm. I think. I think he wrote to George Harrison, so, like kind of a fan letter. And then, and then George Harrison passed away, and then about a week later, Mike Myers got a letter back from George Harrison posthumously. Well, like he had written it, and it was still in the mail. Oh. He died, and then really? he, he, took, he received took, it. George Harrison was one who would take the time to write I back guess. to somebody. Huh. I remember. Uh, I should. I, do you think because he was famous, or did George do that? Mm, I don't know if there was some special reason why. I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. Because they gonna say Muhammad Ali, and I always thought well, I blew it. I never wrote to him. That if, he if would you wrote, take If the you time, wrote to yeah. Muhammad Ali, yeah. you'd get an answer back. Yeah. And a lot of people were like that. Yeah. So. But Pete I Seeger, think, I remember writing to him and got a letter. <laughs> we're gonna choose from our little coffee can here. Okay. And this week the topic was radio. So. We talked a lot about radio tonight already, which yeah. is good. We had, last week we didn't talk much mm-hmm. about old time radio. Ooh, I picked Inner Sanctum. Oh. So I guess next time I'll I'll do a little research and find out about that. We better find ourselves a creaky, squeaky door. 
because we don't have one here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, the attic oh, door yeah, over there, maybe. That's true. I don't think it's been oiled in a long time. It's probably going <laughs> to creak a little bit. Do you want to pick one, too? Sure. All right, here he uh, goes. I'll let you read what it says. What does this one say? Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Wow. You get a lot to pick huh. from on that. You could you could go in so many different directions. Yeah, it's true. And Orson Welles was from Wisconsin. Exactly. Kenosha. Yeah. And the creaking door, that thing with with the inner sanctum. Mm-hmm. I don't know that show very Lipton well. Lipton Tea, right? Is that right? I, don't I believe know. so. It's creepy, and it's remembered as a creepy show. But they had this. Who's the guy who starts off the host? The funny guy. It's all full of puns yes. and everything. It's, it's kind of annoying. So much. I know. I love puns. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Like, it is Lipton tea because it's that guy, <laughs> and then the lady is so sweet, and she's oh. always like very, oh, oh, you, you know, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. It's sweet. I, I, I but always then the like show that. starts, and it's like you have to really shift gears. Yes. From this goofy guy. To yeah. This, I think that I lo- I loved that though. It's when I was young, good, yeah. I remember thinking this is such a cool way of, you know, it's not just dark and creepy. It's uh, kind of like we all know it's kind of jokey, and then you sure. listen to it. You don't have to get too freaked out. I don't know. As a kid, I liked that because I remember also, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, somebody else might roll their eyes. But <laughs> listening to say, uh, suspense as a kid, uh, I remember times when I could not sleep, uh, or I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a nightmare. Uh, it was scary. And when I do a show, like I did in Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, where I talk about old-time radio and kind of for an audience that doesn't know yeah. about it. You're talking about not a show, but you're talking about a lesson or a lecture. Yeah, it's a, it's more yeah. of a presentation on old-time radio. Um, I'll play the beginning of Lights Out. Mm. And to me, oh. that's it's just fun. <laughs> People's You can see the wheels turning in their heads. Lights it may not have been that. Out. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it may not have been all that scary in the it end. It was the show. so scary. I, yeah, well, that set the tone every but time. That, yes, and, these, yeah. and Arch Obler comes out and says, um, "This is we are saying this with all sincerity. If you are weak of heart or if you scare easily, <laughs> please turn off your radios right now." <laughs> it's yes, like, Whoa, you're I warning know. you. And he says it in such a his voice is kind of bland. Yep. Like no it's no true. frills or anything, but it, I think the sincerity in his voice shows through though. Yeah. And that I don't one, know. That does it puts a chill down your spine just to think about that. Yeah. Beginning because right. it's it's like whoa. I know. And it doesn't always deliver with no. such a scary show, but. Yeah, but you know some of them though really do. I think is. Oh, I always get mixed up. Arch Olber's a little outlandish. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun. You but know. you if you get into the into the spirit of it, it's it really is yeah. fun. I don't know. I think yes. suspense usually would have a more of a realistic, serious, yeah, realistic for the most part, realistic situation. Yeah. Yep. So I liked suspense too. That's still I can be so entertained by that show. Put that on and ugh. I know you, you and I differ a little bit on our old time radio tastes, yeah, but that's a good one. But there, there are so many that was on for years. There's, there's yeah, yeah. I don't know. If I and the thing, the fact that some of them are all... really good, some of them were not so good at all. Yeah, and, and they're written by different people, right? Or oh, the yeah. topics are all always different so. too. So it's a little hard to say. I like the whole every part of suspense because some of them are big duds. Others are really great, you know. Some of my favorites of the suspense were when they would feature some famous person. Yeah, Jack Ooh, Benny would be. I on liked. One. There's an and episode he plays with... a guy who's <laughs> nuts about money. And yeah, he's stealing yeah. money and he gets caught or whatever. It's so yeah. funny. There's one with Lucille Ball too, <laughs> and she's 
apparently she's got a baby face. And she can't, <laughs> like, everyone, no one takes her seriously or something. It's like, what? That's funny. I don't know. It's fun. Or how about the one, the man who looked like Edgar, Edward, Edward G. Robin. G. Robinson. Was that a suspense? Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. And yeah, it was played by Edward G. Robinson. Yep, he was. It was a funny thing about that one, I remember that was a that was a um, whistler, I think. Mm, yep. And there's this meek man who looks like <laughs> Edward G. Robinson, and is played by Edward G. Robinson. And his wife is always bugging him and bothering him, and he's <laughs> he's real resentful, and he's you know and she's just <laughs> belittling him all the time as this meek guy, but he looks like Edward G. Robinson. And then he gets mad and wants to kill her or something. And it's just funny. always that's always yeah. how it ends. <laughs> but I remember that exact show, listening to that in high school and being like, "Who is Henry G. Robinson?" I had to go look him up, and I was like, "Oh, now I get it." <laughs> oh, man. oh, funny. So, are you uh, when so, you do Orson Welles? Are you? Well, I shouldn't ask. Maybe you can do, take it your own way, but you could do. Um, Boy, you could do. The War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. He you was could the do... voice of the shadow. Yep. Or you could do Black Museum. Yes. Black Museum was a favorite of mine. Oh, Maybe I'll talk about that. It's such a good a little show. Bit. I, but it's really hard to, to say what direction to go. Yeah. Honestly, you know, this is hard mm -hmm. because if we talked about, if we're talking about TV shows and we're talking about the Andy Griffith show, you could write a whole big yeah. thick book about the Andy Griffith show. So if, how what are we supposed to say about that show? Or we could zero in on just Jim Neighbors and what yeah, he did on yeah. that show, or just you know the the jailhouse and yeah. what, what was like that that scene you know that set. Yeah, but this is the point. We you, know, so you here, and I yeah. discussed this before. I think that we should reserve the right to. You know, if you change your mind by next week and you say, I just want to talk about this one episode. That's what I want to yeah. hear. Yes. And we have, we'll have other things to talk about, too. Yeah. Not just these two things. Exactly. Always. <laughs> in fact, with me, you know, like when I did that that presentation in Green Bay, <laughs> I had two hours to talk about old-time radio, and I talked way too much about comedy, <laughs> and I had very little time for anything else. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> And that because that's what I like. So next yeah. week I'm not I'm not thrilled to have Orson Welles no. and Inner Sanctum to talk about. Well, but you, we, we can. can switch, and you can have that guy who makes the jokes <laughs> in the beginning of Inner Sanctum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our random association. Time. Oh yeah. Since earlier tonight, when I called you to see if you were up for doing this podcast, you said, "Whoa, you're interrupting someone. You're Macaukinen." That's your McCalkinen. That's what I'm going to start you with. Oh, boy. Well, and I get accused all the time of, of giving you one that doesn't lead to something else. So what should I say here? <laughs> I have all kinds of things are popping into my head. But I thought I keep thinking, no, nah, I better not, better not say Jack <laughs> Cassidy. I better not say Hot Tuna. I better not say Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> Let me see. I will say Woodstock. Mm, wow, that's wide open. All right. Then, who? Ah, they were there. <laughs> John Entwistle. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to say who? Oh. This came out. Okay. Okay. John Entwistle. Um, okay. Jaco Pastorius, another bass oh, player. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, um, I'm going to go with the album Hegira. 
Okay. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Um, I was going to give you a weather report. That Janet, oh. Then he was a member of a... Well, I'm going to do, because a different album of hers was Blue, I'm going to give you just the word Blue. Okay. Blue. Um, I'm going to give you <laughs> a song from that album I have right here, Singing the Blues. Ooh. Bluer Than Blue. Bye. And that was a song by Lil Armstrong, Louis Armstrong's wife. Or wow. His first wife. Let's see. Bluer. I want to make sure I've got that straight. Where is that? Blue, bluer than blue. There it is. Lil Armstrong. Bluer than Little blue. Little or Lil? Lil. Okay. Like Lillian. Okay. Yeah, they were married for a while and divorced then. But actually, it says here, Louis Armstrong's second wife, hmm. Lillian. Well... Since we're talking about wives of musicians, then I'm going to give you a different musician wife, Alice Coltrane. Oh. Kind of off the different direction. But... Oh, boy. Ha. <laughs> 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 um, how about... Um, is it... Oh, darn. Did I stump you? I'm, I want to think. I'm thinking of his hometown where we visited the time, oh. North Carolina. Is oh. it Hamlet? Hamlet, North Carolina, where John Coltrane was, Coltrane was born. Hmm. And I always thought they should have some kind of a statue or a trib- yeah. tribute of some kind. They there, don't? I didn't see anything. Sheesh. No. Yeah. Get with the program. Of all, come on. Let's go. That's not helping you, though, is it? Hamlet. I mean, we're now going way back in pop culture history. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about North Carolina? Okay. Um, I don't know. Geography. Andy Griffith show. Oh, okay. Andy Griffith. Good. Um, Let's see. Floyd the Barber. Floyd the Barber. Well, Floyd, <laughs> you got to tell that story about your shirt. <laughs> One time, Dad was wearing this shirt. He had you had multiples with different huge faces of these characters from from um, Andy Griffith's show. Like the whole entire thing was. Barney Fife's face. I had face one with Barney and I had one with Floyd. Oh, I went to, uh, by coincidence, I was at a Hot Tuna concert. Oh, no. See, we brought it all the way back yes, around. Yes, we did. Look at that. And there was the <laughs> Grateful Dead was there. It was, it was after Jerry Garcia had passed away, so they weren't called the Grateful Dead anymore. There was a large crowd, a lot of fun, people milling around, and this man came. I, I thought he was higher than a kite, <laughs> but he came walking toward me. And he was saying something that I couldn't understand. And it was something like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I thought, what? Uh, you know, I, I just thought he was kind of really wasted and, and trying to express himself, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. And as we got closer, he wasn't, he wasn't I don't know if he's not high at all, but he wasn't very high at all, if he was high at all. And... <laughs> and he was just kind of imitating Floyd, saying to me, oh, oh hi, Andy, and that, and that kind of a <laughs> voice, you know, imitating Floyd's character. Now, this is pretty impressive, though, that we were able somehow to tie that one back around. Remember last time yeah. we, we tied it all back, Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby to Bob Crosby. Yep. Yeah. And this time, how in the world we got from your McCalkin to... Yeah. You made it because just because you happened to go to a hot tuna concert wearing your Floyd shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Come on. Well, I remember being at a family gathering and I just, just, 
stood next to my sister Mary. She was sitting in a chair, and I was I stood next to her. And she turned. <laughs> she turned around and saw that face. Just 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 taken aback. I don't know. This is... <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of shirt that if I were standing on the street and you were a block away, you could probably see it and recognize who the fa- with a face, you know. It was if just... you're a fan of old TV. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, the funny thing was, too, our old friend Ron from the radio yeah. club in Milwaukee, he, when I walked into the radio club wearing that shirt, with it's a big face of Floyd the Barber, Howard McNear. Well, okay. immediately Ron said, hey, Doc. Because that was the same Gunsmoke. guy who did the doc on Gunsmoke That's Radio. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, man. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Oh. That was pretty cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Why should he only be remembered who he was on TV, you know? Okay. You want to do a finalizing thing yeah. here? What should we say? <laughs> well, it looks like Tonto needs to <laughs> eat his dinner. Tonto is looking at me. He's been walked, and he knows that usually when we come back from our walk, he eats. Yep. And I put him off this time. This is consistent on Wednesdays when we have our podcast days. He wants to eat. Yep. Yeah, so we'll do that. Hi-yo, Silver Tonto. (laughs) (laughs) He's giving us the hook. It's Tonto time. (laughs) (laughs) It is Tonto time. It's It's Tonto Tonto time. time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye-bye.